Oh my god. The jam. <laughs> wow. Well, I've, that song's been in my head like all day. <laughs> this is the intro. <laughs> that song's been in your head all day for mm-hmm. real. Wow. Oh, that's so that's nice. So like, don't sing it. Don't sing it. Don't sing it. <laughs> oh my god. You should. What? Mind. I said, we should do like a little concert or something. <laughs> no. Oh, well, you were in the kitchen. We started a band. You're in it. Oh, oh really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. We've named it um, mm. Grace Lilia. Oh, mm. Just kidding. <laughs> Her old band was called Leah LaGrace. Drop a little plug there. Um, hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Butterfly Effect Podcast. I'm your host, Steph. I'm Liz. And you were going to forget that I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> you were going to keep talking. I was. What about me? I was just going to introduce our guest. <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Um, and I am so excited that you guys are here with us today. Thank you so much for listening in. Um, we love you guys so, so much. And we appreciate your support so much. What's port? <laughs> I was gonna let that ride. But. Yeah, I actually I was listening back to my other podcast and I'm like, I don't you don't really to- like talk, right? I don't. I don't pronunciate. 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 That's a new one. I don't say things clearly. I have to talk mm. more clear. I You're also sound good. incredibly sick half the time. It's okay. Um, but it's okay. It's, it's your fine. it's your whole aesthetic. It is. It's it's my thing. <laughs> I yeah. coined it. it I coined it. Yeah. Um, but we're here today with Sarah and Diana. Um, hey. they are one of the most um, loving, coolest, funniest people I have ever known in my entire life. Um, I've known them pretty <laughs> much my my whole life. <laughs> um yeah i've known them i've i've known sarah since i was young and i've known d throughout my high school years into college um and it was it's just been a wild wild ride um they are i think one of the closest people to me well, everyone in this room, I would consider. We are one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you we all, all of you. Were ta- you were talking about us like we were one was, person. I, yeah, I was. Yeah. I was like, I, I kind of group everybody in together because like you guys are like the pretty much the closest people to me. And yeah. um, and we are just really, really honored to have you guys on this podcast. We've been talking about it for a while. So it's like really cool to finally get it going. Um, and I'm really, really excited about this topic. Um, we're going to be kind of just jumping between um, just leadership in this this culture um, and what that looks like and how 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 we go about it. Um, just to kind of give some background on Sarah and Dee, they're um, youth leaders um, and they've been working with youth for a really, really long time. Mm-hmm. Um, they obviously like we as teenagers know what we were like as teenagers. But I feel like um, in this culture, it's just a whole new different vibe you well know i feel I mean? like we were working with teenagers two years ago like yeah. three years ago mm-hmm. and like things have changed now like the, our teenagers grew up like they're right. young adults now but they're still actively dealing with and like talking right. with gen z right right yeah so. yeah and and i think also culturally like um obviously you guys are from jersey city and we're from up in this area and the culture is very, very different, different. Mm-hmm. um and that also affects the way like that people lead um so i'm really really excited to kind of like jump into this into this topic yeah. um yeah so let's let's kind of like just jump in so how long have you guys been working with with teenagers I started in kids ministry. So it's really crazy because the kids that just graduated high school are the kids that I began kids ministry with. Oh my mm-hmm. goodness. So they were yes. in like, this was 10 years ago. So they were like eight. Wow. Or oh nine. Oh my god! Wow. So you've watched them grow up. I was, I was doing kids ministry. Then I did middle school. Mm-hmm. 
and then I did high school, and now I'm moving on to the college group. Actually, wow. so you kind of grew up with them. Yeah, I've, I've moved with this group. Oh. Uh, so so yeah, that's so special. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that wow. is that's like a different kind you have of like bond. a deep connection yeah. with. Them yeah, it's then. a different yeah. kind of bond. It's, How about you? Awesome. Sarah, I feel like I feel like stuff we were leading like before we like we were mm. leading youth while we were in youth. Yeah, group. yeah, yeah. You guys were in the meetings yeah. like, early on. And yeah. Stuff. yeah, since I was very young. Um, and then also I worked as a seventh grade teacher, so that was also like I have that experience right. as sure. well, which gave me a new insight. Um, and now I work with junior hires. Mm. That's good. Mm-hmm. So it's I remember, I remember, yeah. I just want to interject this memory real quick. Oh I gosh. remember, <laughs> this was a long, this is when we were doing um, youth in 43. Um, and I remember you Ooh. preached. Remember that, that sermon well, you I preached? I don't want to talk about you it. Pre- I don't want to talk Sarah about preached. it. I, I did talk not know it. that. She preached a sermon. And the only thing I remember from the sermon was she was talking about Capital One. You know, the Capital One commercial, What's in Your Wallet? I don't remember <laughs> that. <laughs> she I, was like, she was like. Stop, stop. What was what stop. was the like bring it home the line? Metaphor the metaphor was like the, altar line. the metaphor was like when people like open your life like they open their wallet like are they gonna know what's in your wallet? Oh, <laughs> there was, hold up. I kind of I got saved through a preaching like that. Yeah. Danny Steele was, was preaching, I think. Really? And he was like, if your life is a banana, <laughs> what does that banana look like? What does the fruit of your life look like? Is it brown and whatever? And I was like, oh, Jesus. <laughs> my life is a rotten banana. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> That's Shout out to awesome. Danny or whoever yeah. that was that preached. I don't know. That's funny. But I remember that. I I'm will so always. Cringe. Yeah, Uh-oh. I will always remember that. That sermon till this day, I that like once in a while I'll think about <laughs> I'll sit there and think about like what's in your wallet. Stop. <laughs> Whatever. It's fine. She's gonna get and up I and see, leave. It's and fine. I, it's fine. I still see, have those notes, Sarah. Can yeah, I get I can the notes? See, like twelve year old Sarah sitting up there and you it's didn't fine. even stand, you sat. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was great. It was there was like ten of us. It's just embarrassing. <laughs> oh I don't great. have a bank account. I don't know why you're talking exactly. About <laughs> what? <laughs> it was great. I wish we could find that. You actually made like a really interesting point, Sarah, when you were saying how you kind of were leading when you were a teenager. It was mm-hmm. kind of the same thing for me. Yeah, like being a leader to all ages, actually, sure. as a teenager. And I think that's a really cool perspective yeah. because. Is that like happening now with the teens that you guys are leading now, or I feel is like everybody kind of staying where they should be? I feel like sense. it's yeah, no, I feel like that's not happening so much anymore. Mm-hmm. I mean, I feel like the youth that are leading at this point, like it's just kind of we're it, trying to it, encourage teens, yeah, of course, of course, and lead, but yeah. we don't have teens. Uh, the yeah. one like Josh. There's one, uh, he's like 18 or 19. But it's like naturally happening yeah. mm. because yeah. Th- because their walk is like uh, something to aspire to. Mm. I think the kids are seeing that within each other and they're being like, oh yeah, like, yeah. you know, yeah. Josh. But we don't really have teens like in the no. planning meetings mm. no. or anything like that. Yeah, because yeah, I was in like staff meetings and stuff when I was you were, basically yeah, a teenager. Yeah, you were actually one of my teenagers. Yeah, I was your teenager and then somehow we started leading together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I asked you to lead with me. But I remember, like I remember you being like 15 Mm -hmm. and you were leading like congregations and Mm -hmm. i remember i remember even even you you were young Mm -hmm. um and you were leading like heavy Mm -hmm. heavy um heavy mantle that i think um i think there's goods and bads to it yeah i think that there's some i think that you learn from it 
Mm-hmm. Um, but I also think that it requires you to grow up in a way and handle certain situations that at your age, you don't know how to handle. Yeah, I think sometimes things can be done prematurely. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I remember we would, we would handle situations or we would get approached by certain situations and we would sit there and be like, we would just be like, uh, go talk to, like, we didn't yeah. know what go to talk do. talk to an adult. Yeah. We were like, um, <laughs> how do we handle the situation but i remember like we're placed in this position where people are coming to us and we're like we we didn't know how to handle it so so i think it's good i think that there's like a way to do youth ministry where it's not as it doesn't pull much from the teenagers in a way where it requires them to grow up faster than they naturally should be evolving in their walk Mm, and as individuals i think it puts a lot of pressure on them too like i've had conversations with certain individuals who have told me like I guess people have told them that they're supposed to be this when they get older there's a calling on your life and this which is true like there is a calling on their life but then also it's like way too much pressure and it kind of um deters them Mm -hmm. from that calling that's on their life Mm -hmm. you know yeah 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 would you would you say that you felt that um yeah I thought that like okay well if I have this calling I have to start now Mm. so that's a lot of the reason why I was doing what I was doing at such a young age because everybody was like oh you have a gift oh use it blah 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 blah. and I was like okay uh okay and it was the decisions were all made for me Mm. to to lead and to be a part of ministry it was never something that I thought about I was like yeah I think I want to do this it was like oh I'm just gonna do it I kind of have a question is that common amongst people that grow up in the church like if your family is like super involved in the church, is that a common thing? hundred percent. I think yeah. so. Not for everybody yeah. though. Like for uh, uh, my youngest sister is 15. She sings. So she leads worship sometimes. Mm. Yep. Uh, she's very hesitant too though. Um, but for her, like I've made it a big point to not allow her to be pushed into it. Mm. Um, I try to encourage her, mm-hmm. but we don't just force her to do it. You know yeah, what I right. mean? Which a lot of times people would be like, she, I remember she sang one time uh, for an event and she's done fine arts like mm-hmm. every year. And they're like, she needs to be leading on Sundays. She needs to be doing, I'm like, yeah. yep. chill. Vocal ability mm-hmm. is not the only reason why somebody should exactly. be leading. Sure. Exactly. That's you good. don't want an That's immature 15 year old leading the congregation on That's Sunday good. just because they have a nice voice. Wow. That is yeah. good. You know, not yep. to say she doesn't have a relationship with the Lord. She does, but let her grow. But yeah. I remember, you know, I remember when I was piece. younger, I didn't have, I didn't have that choice. Mm-hmm. There wasn't a choice. It yeah. was just right. like, you're oh, doing you're it. gifted. You're doing You're going to be leading worship on Fridays. I think some people do benefit from that push though. Of course. Some people, it will ruin them. Yeah. Like it'll destroy them and they'll never sing again some mm. people need a little bit of a push a little bit though sure some people don't know when to stop pushing yeah. though yeah right. that's good that's, that's good yeah that kind of that, that, that's kind of what i want to talk about is like um there's such a there's such a disconnect right between mm. the older generation um and gen z and even in, in the millennial generation a little bit i think the millennials have this sense of submission um because we were forced to submit <laughs> mm-hmm. where gen z just doesn't care yeah and i think that like i remember i i think this was a long time maybe two years ago um so not that long ago that's long to me but whatever to some people it's short um i remember having this conversation with older with an older person and they were saying to me like stuff like we just don't understand the millennial generation we don't understand the millennial generation and i remember um this pastor speaking with me and he said stephanie if we can't get the millennial generation the church is over 
And I remember thinking like, like that scared me. And so I was like, man, like I want to, I want to reach out to my generation because like we're the next ones up into the, into right. advancing the church. You know what I'm saying? And then I look at Gen Z and I'm like, Ooh, girl, <laughs> <laughs> like that's a, a that's scary. a tough one mm-hmm. because they are, they, they don't Savage. have, they're, they don't have a submission. Sub, they don't have <laughs> 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 I want to kind of talk about that a little bit because I'm not actively working with that generation. Mm. Um, Even though like I kind of have this like, like I I work with two year olds, which is a different generation. Mm -hmm. And like I look at them and I'm like, man, when you're a teenager, I, I wonder like I, if Jesus hasn't come back yet, I wonder if we had done the job with Gen Z because they're going to be the ones that are that are going to be mentoring you. Mm. You know what I mean? And so I look at these little kids and I look at them and I go, man, like the generation that's before them right now is tough. Yeah. And so that means that this they're paving they're we're paving the way for Gen Z and Gen Z is going to pave the way for these these little ones. Mm-hmm. And it scares me. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because yeah. like when I look at them and when I when I like do my research or see what I'm seeing either on, whether it's on social media, which social media is a hard thing in and of itself because you can't really gauge off of social media. But when I see, when I see what I see, it's, 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 it's a little scary. I have mm-hmm. a quick question. Cause just thinking about how history repeats itself. Like, mm-hmm. do you think that it's the same way when it comes to generational like type of, for example, in the sixties, very rebellious mm-hmm. nobody was wearing no shirts nothing everybody was just doing whatever they wanted rebellion. everybody yeah rebellion <laughs> but like do you think that history is just repeating itself and gen z I don't is know. like the i 60s? don't think so i don't think so because okay. i think if if i were to because i've been i studied when um like the 60s i don't know it was the 60s because there was there so the jesus movement yeah. right mm-hmm. that came out of the 60s um where there was like this rebellion in the 60s mm. and um i look at i look at that that movement and what was going on during that time and i think that they are they did not face what this generation mm. is facing oh man it there there's something different mm. about what's going on in culture today and in society home all these things even the church yeah. i'm gonna even say it as far as even the church there's something different that's not like it was in the 60s okay. because in the 60s i feel like it was like people were exploring and trying to figure out like they were they were being introduced to something new and it was like trying to figure it out mm. where this is like it's just straight evil yeah mm-hmm. like it's not trying to figure out anything or try to experiment mm-hmm. it's like just straight up evil yeah you get what i'm saying and like and they're being raised by certain things certain mindsets certain yeah. even the education system which you know, Sarah, and like even you, D, like you're you're kind of working with that. Yeah. Like, there's just certain things going on that like that it's it's scary. Yeah. So I think it's different. I think okay. it's totally different. Um, so like for you guys, um, obviously we were all all four of us here were raised not raised in the church. Well, were you raised in the church, D? No, I came like at the end of high school. Okay, um, I wasn't raised in the church either. Um, by raising the church, I mean my aunt and uncle were youth pastors, but um, and they I brought still, me to we church. We all were part of youth. We were yeah. part of youth ministry. Yeah. That's that's yeah. I guess what yeah. I'm trying to what I'm trying to I get at. I definitely was. Yeah. Um, and so we had leaders obviously above us, um, but what what's the difference between what we were taught? And what are we trying to change or what are you guys trying to change and what you teach your teenagers now? What's the difference between the two from what you're taught and what mm. you're trying to teach? 
I think it's very different now than how it was mm-hmm. when we were in youth ministry, at least for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A lot has changed and that comes with changing of leadership. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like <laughs> leaders bring a lot with them. Mm-hmm. That's so good. as a person, right, if you're a pastor or a person in leadership, it's very important to be aware of how much you bring with you. Oof, that's yeah. good. So your personality, like that is all brought over. Your preferences, that is all brought over. So things can shift um, so much depending mm-hmm. on who's in in leadership. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, and that's not a bad thing. That's just yeah. kind of something that naturally happens. Right. Like when we were in youth ministry, the leadership made it a specific way because that's yeah. how they were. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. I, I, so, yeah. Yeah. And I really want to jump into that real quick because um, that's like a such a good point. Mm-hmm. Um, because I, I remember when I went to college, it was so hard for me when I went away. Not when I was commuting. When I went away, it was so hard for me because I remember like a lot of what I was taught wasn't because it was Jesus necessarily, um, but it was because it was um, opinionated or because it was their personality you're talking about college or youth group youth group okay when I went to youth group but when I went when I went away to college what I was taught in youth group wasn't necessarily not that it wasn't Jesus but it was it was more of a personality based explanation uh, people in other churches believe things a little bit differently for example clothing Mm. yeah where it also depends on where you are like Mm. what type of community you're in where we grew up clothing you have to be very particular about what you wear. Mm. If you go to Miami and churches in Miami, even AG churches in Miami, the girls wear shorts that would be unacceptable in our church. That's you know, down to the knees. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. yeah. Like we grew up with certain that. <laughs> that was the only she, cut. She said, if your fingertips, <laughs> that was the only cut. If your fingertips go beyond it, you can't wear it. Bathing right. suits. Talking right. about bathing suits, we yeah. were wearing turtlenecks on the beach. <laughs> North we face at the beach. <laughs> Yo, we it's, it's not there. to rag on like yeah, yeah. If that's it's just different. What yeah. you believe, that's yeah. fine. Yeah. Yeah. But it's important to be aware yeah. that there are some people that love Jesus that don't that have a difference of opinion. Exactly, on that, and I know? think, but what I think is is learning to accept that because I think what happened was because we were taught so differently. Um, which were you, Lee? Were you taught like that I wore whatever way? I want, however I want? Yeah, I remember mm-hmm. when I came when I came to the church that I came from from my home church when I came to the, to the new church, I was so culture shocked mm-hmm. because I, everything that they did broke the rules of mm-hmm. what I was taught. Yeah, yeah. Everything, mm-hmm. like everything. And I remember being like, I don't know what's Jesus and what is not. Like I was so confused um, because of like that. And, and it was hard for me to not say like, well, you're, you're, you're in sin. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and and I was wrong. Biblically, they weren't in sin. Yeah. Right. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, I think because what I would, the way that I would express myself is through what I would wear. So there was literally no motive behind it other than the fact that like, it's how I expressed myself. Sure. Yeah. And I, but yeah. I think that what's, what's, what's hard is that we weren't taught to accept like, this is just how you're like the freedom in your church or what your church approves of. Our church doesn't approve yeah. of it. But I think what was wrong is that we weren't allowed to question why this church and why not? I feel like, I feel like part of it is we weren't, <laughs> I don't know that we weren't allowed to question it, but I think this goes to the generational thing where it's mm. like our generation, correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel that millennials have an easier time accepting authority mm. than. Yeah. Submissive. Ge- yeah. Um, we're, we're more submissive. So like we were given a very rigid set of rules growing mm. up in our church. Like it was very rigid. Don't wear this. Don't watch this. Somebody mentioned it once. I don't know if it was you or I don't know if it was you stuff that was like, 
our youth pastor would like grab our iPod and be like, mm-hmm. let me see what you have on uh-huh. here mm-hmm. at any second. Like and to know what if you're listening to secular, secular music or not. Steph, I remember you doing that to somebody and you were like, oh, I'll tell you who later. But it was really funny. They had like Eminem on their iPod. Yeah. And you and Ashley were like, girl. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah it was different yeah, like it if, was if they said this is wrong then you just don't do you it try like, not to yeah. do it but wasn't there a moment a service where you had to bring up your cds <laughs> like <laughs> at the altar not while i was there i have a vague recollection of that it sounds <laughs> people, like something that would happen i did people, throw away a lot of cds so. people were bringing up their saved. cds and leaving them at the altar which you Honestly, know, do no thing. shade on that yeah, that the can Lord's be really beneficial but the lord is convicting if but that's what you need to do <laughs> then that's what you need to do but it wasn't mm-hmm. but it wasn't packaged like that it wasn't packaged like if you need to do this then do yeah. this it was like you you have to yeah yeah and i think that's that I, I think that's the breakaway from the generation that's under us and uh, the millenn- millennial started it i would think that our generation kind of started it a little bit where we were kind of pushing like we're tired of you telling me what to do well, th- and not yeah. giving me a reason why yeah it's, i think that for me i understand why gen z is so rebellious because we as millennials kind of had that way to be able to be a little bit more genuine about things because I feel like for me personally like um you guys are saying like you weren't able to make the decision yourself it was just something you had to do and I think in that there's nothing genuine about that mm-hmm. it's not like oh this is my walk That's and true. and owning your own thing and so us as millennials we kind of learned that a little bit when we became young adults whereas now the teenagers are seeing that and they're pissed off that people aren't being genuine mm-hmm. and I think that like turns them off all the way because they just want people to be themselves. Yeah, mm, that's mm-hmm. good. I that's find good. I find that relationships are super important to Gen Z, which is mm. which is rough as a youth leader. That's like and yeah. not antisocial, but it's hard for me sometimes. Right. Right, 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 right. Introverted. I'm the same. That's I'm the, the word same. I was looking yeah. for. Yeah. So it's like it's so hard because th- what they crave is relationships. It's mm-hmm. not like when we were younger. I think a lot of times it's like. Um, uh, respect isn't earned. Respect mm. is just given. You're my teacher. I'm going to give you respect. You're yeah. my leader. I'm going to give you respect. Yeah. Whereas now it's a lot more respect has to be earned. Mm. How is it earned? Through relationships. Mm. In, right. order to, in order to uh, cultivate that yeah. authenticity. And it's it can be hard as mm-hmm. a youth. Le- it's really tough as That's a youth a- leader to this generation. Mm-hmm. Um especially as an introvert to yeah. yeah. That's a good point. Let's really let's sit there for a little bit because I don't think that people talk about that. Mm. Like the the struggle from a leader i mean we talk about like what what the struggle in the sense of like man this is giving me a headache and this is hard the but pressure. like but like as a person because you're a person mm-hmm. and and so like let's let's humanize it a little bit let's humanize leaders a little bit because that's huge um that like it's it's hard it's mm-hmm. hard to do that sometimes and like i think that there needs to be grace on all levels like it's yeah. hard for the older generation to understand this our generation and the generation coming after us it's hard so there needs to be grace there and i think that that there needs to be grace on us towards them and them on us and and even the leaders your you as leaders and the people that you're leading there needs to be that sense of grace on both ends because you guys are people you know what i mean and you guys have personalities and like that's it's a real thing like it yeah. may not be your personality to do that you know what i'm saying it's, or yeah. it may not come not, not not to do that but it may not come as natural as the next person yeah, yeah. i was t- my mom was talking to somebody the other day 
and she she had gone to the church that we went to previously and she was my mom was saying oh like Liz is a really big introvert and she was like are you serious I thought she was a huge extrovert and I was like oh no 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 I had to be an extrovert Mm -hmm. because ministry it almost forces you to kind of be like extroverted in a sense and you kind of have to like really put yourself out there for the sake of other people in a sense and for the sake of connection and relationship Mm -hmm. so i totally get what you're saying about it's like it's hard being an introvert which is rough because you start being like what is wrong with me right and i'm like god like i I don't know i you start i mean not to make it like sound really like weird Mm. or whatever but like you start being like i wonder if god like made a mistake you know i'm Mm, I'm an introvert like i need to be extroverted it's bad to be introverted like i love people but why don't i like being around them like it's it's weird it's really it's really hard but i think what is really helpful is if everybody plays to their strengths that's Mm. good and so the way that i love to do ministry is as a team right Mm. if we're collaborative on our team right um, our leader is Pastor Sam. He's incredible. He has very specific giftings. He is incredible with people. Mm-hmm. Incredible. Everybody trusts him and everybody goes to him and yeah. that is his gifting, right? I am more of like a vision person mm-hmm. and logistics. A planner. Logistics. Yeah. I, I'll dream up big ideas. He gives the okay for us to run with it, right? Yeah. And stuff like that. There's somebody else on the team that is a people person. Like mm-hmm. she lights up every room. She should mm-hmm. be the one going out there and, uh, and, and, having conversations with the kids not that we shouldn't do it as well yeah but, but she if loves that's your to strength too. you need yeah. to do it and yeah. she does it sometimes that's exhausting so sometimes right. even the extroverts need a break from Absolutely. that mm-hmm. i think sometimes there's an unfair expectation on extroverts mm-hmm. who are in ministry to always be bubbly and always be people like people persons sure. or mm-hmm. however you say that when that's not always who they are mm-hmm. like they need a break too. Yeah. As introverts though, I think out. it is it is important for us to push ourselves beyond ourselves. Mm. Of sometimes course. sometimes it can just be selfishness and I'm like, yo, I really don't want to hang out. Being real. I'm yeah. like, I don't mm-hmm. feel like hanging out with fifteen year olds today. Mm. Yeah. And it might just be the truth. But if I care more about them than for that moment, unless like I really cannot today, right, then right, I'm gonna right. push myself and I'm gonna love on them because they need it mm. more than I don't want it. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like wow. they need this time. Yeah. Mm. They need somebody yeah. to listen to them. Yeah. And I, and I would say like, um, I'm, I'm not an introvert. Um, shocker. Uh, <laughs> really? <laughs> I, I'm not an introvert. So I, that's, I love to hear from an, from an introvert's perspective because as an extrovert, it's natural for, for me, I'm not going to speak for every extrovert because it's also my personality to like really want to connect with people. Like I love to talk to people and I love to listen to people. And so it's like a natural thing that happens for me where I don't feel like I have to work, work at it as much um and so i i actually crave that like Mm. i crave to sit with someone and and like hear them like it it Mm. makes me happy not relate yeah it (laughs) makes me it it makes me like feel like yes like talk to me i'm here you know what i mean um so or like to to develop a relationship with you or like let's go get pizza like i'm always down to get pizza you know what i mean and like but what i love is it's i remember we had a hard time leading together because i'm an extrovert you're an introvert um and you were one of my leaders and i remember being so frustrated because you weren't able to do what what i needed you to do because Mm -hmm. i wasn't at that campus Mm -hmm. you get what i'm saying and like Mm -hmm. i was taught that 
me you as have a to be leader, everything you have to be everything mm-hmm. and like you need to put you need to check your stuff at the door right i remember mm-hmm. remember we had that conversation mm-hmm. and it was so damaging like check every emotion check your person check turn it, it at off. the door turn it off and when you step into this room this is who i need you to be that's what i would say to my leaders can i ask you a question Go. where do you feel like you learned that from uh, not not a good place okay <laughs> yeah i was taught that I, yeah. and and i rem- and i had to i'm just curious i don't no. feel like i was taught that i'm just I curious was taught okay. that. i was taught okay. that it wasn't okay. something that i was like um that i just kind of developed it Mm -hmm. was i would i was i was taught it i was taught hey i see i developed it because i felt like i had to shut every part of myself down yeah but you had to to do that because that's what we required of you as that's true yeah like when we the people that were over you required you to be this way yeah you got what i'm saying and and it was it's not a healthy thing but like i i think there needs to be like again like i'm a big grace person like i think there needs to be grace across the board because that's that's big like play to your strengths yeah you know what i mean and if you're a leader and you're leading people and you're trying to develop leaders underneath you learn your learn your student leaders or the people that are under you their strength if you're a business person and you are a boss learn the people that are under Mm -hmm. you learn their strength because that goes into a worldly perspective too if you're working with people know their strength know their weaknesses Mm -hmm. because it sets the bar of disappointment like it it takes it takes that room away for there to be disappointment Mm -hmm. and for me to be upset with you because it's not in your personality to do that that's great yeah i yeah like how you brought up how it's like a whole team aspect and you know there's a reason why that works because we're supposed to be the body Mm -hmm. there's a reason why we're called the body and i feel like in ministry specifically teen ministry you kind of feel this need to be everything all at once be the worship leader do the powerpoint do this do that do yeah. everything <laughs> you know what i you mean have limited resources yeah of, of course 100%. but like having a team is so important i think that's one of the one of the ways and one of i don't want to use the word tactics but it's one of the ways that you can be the most effective in ministry especially to gen z Again. but i would say that if you don't know how to work with the team you need to be careful um because that can lead to pride if you're the one doing everything you got what yes. I'm saying? Like, and you Ooh, and people, people like get territorial. They well, get very territorial. Mm-hmm. You like, think I'm, you own the ministry you right? do. Yeah. when you do you everything. Do. You yeah. Do. Yeah. And it can, it can lead to pride and it can lead to you not being able to depend on other people. Yeah. Right. So you need to be careful. I am the type of person that like, I'm laser focused and I'm a mission oriented person. Mm-hmm. So my mission is for these kids to get saved. Mm-hmm. That's just what it is. Like this needs to be the best. We need to give them the best. Everybody should be on their game. Um, and like this is what we came here for if you um if you are doing everything in the ministry and you don't take a step back or you don't allow anybody else to do anything the rest of the team is not going to grow no nobody will ever step up because there's not a need to step up if you are doing everything that's good that's dropping bombs (laughs) but a lot of people are just like that yeah so Mm -hmm. if they're not given the opportunity and encouraged to step up like hey there's a need here can you fill this they'll never do it Mm -hmm. but that's where you have to be a good leader right because being a good leader means encouraging people right mm-hmm. not not vilifying them because mm-hmm. they don't have it in them to take the initiative yeah, but being right. like how can i encourage this person mm-hmm. to be the person that takes initiative yeah, and not right. being like oh you suck forget it let me ask yeah, you yeah, yeah, right. you yeah, know what yeah, i mean yeah, like, right. yeah you know, no that's good you know i remember I, mean? I, I want I, I remember um before i left i stepped down from ministry um not the left um the church that i'm going to now but um the church that i was going to um i remember i sat with sam and charlie um, love Sam and Charlie. I talk about them all the time. Um, and I remember I was sharing my heart to, to Pastor Sam. I mean, like sharing it, like crying. And like I was at their house. I don't know if you remember. And he just looked at me with this like stone cold face, mm-hmm. but like super gentle. You know what I mean? And he goes, 
why are you still doing youth and young adults? Right. And I was like, I don't know. (laughs) And he was like, Steph, you're not called to do that right now. Like you need to step down. And I'm like, if I step down, no one else is going to do it. Mm. That was my argument. Mm -hmm. And he was like, who are you to say that? He's like, you could be filling someone else's spot. Mm -hmm. And, and he's like, Steph, like there could be somebody in the congregation that has this pull towards youth ministry Mm -hmm. to either be a youth pastor or a young adult pastor, but they can't do it because Stephanie is in that role. And like, he's like, look at you. Like you are, you are dying. You're miss. You need to take a step back. And I remember being like, no. And part of it had to do one with pride because it was my pride. Like this is my ministry. Mm. You get what I'm saying? I worked hard for it. Mm -hmm. And then the second, and, and that's a hard thing to admit. And I had to check that with Jesus. And the second thing was because like, I didn't believe that someone can do it as good as I can. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's a hard thing, but that's it's a hard, hard it's a thing. Real thought. Like, let's be yeah. honest. Be you honest. know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like yeah. if we, if in this podcast, like we promote authenticity, like as a leader, you struggle with that. Yeah. You struggle with that thought. Like, and it's, and, but the thing is that Gen Z picks up on it. Yeah. They know. Yes. They'll know, you know what I'm saying? Like they're not stupid. And that's, and that's, that's, that's what we need to grasp also is that these kids are smart. They're not, they're not dummies. Like you can't just tell them what to do and expect them to do it without there being any kind of pushback or not even pushback, but question. Right. They're challengers. They're challengers. And that's a good thing if steered in the right direction. That's what I was thinking. I'm like this, this next generation, we're like, oof, they're rough. But imagine that rough, they have incredible traits. Yeah, Mm -hmm. exactly. Yeah. It'll be, it'll be, it'll do wonders for the kingdom of heaven. You know, when you talk about like that one person that's like, yo, if they got saved, they would do damage for Jesus. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? saying like i i've i've heard that like i've seen people like that that i'm like this person is even saved and people are drawn to them yeah. imagine when they get saved it'll be a wrap mm-hmm. you know what i mean and like that's how i feel about gen z like if you steer this eagerness and this angst and all this stuff in the right direction oh man like they, they will do things that that the, the people before us couldn't do and that our generation yeah. couldn't do you know what i'm saying gen z is full of activists oh yes. yeah if you look at the world right now that's what's cool in gen Z is yeah. to be an activist. Mm-hmm. Imagine if Jesus was the mission that they right. were pushing. Yeah. Jeez. Oh, like they get on the news. Ooh, I got yeah. chills. They yeah. get on the news. Like I, I, I'm serious, and these are things that we dreamed of. Like what yeah. I dreamed of as a, as a as a teenager is being a part of like a history. Like like I remember always mm. saying like I want to be a part of history. And now I'm just like I'm looking at these this Gen Z and like the generation after them, and I'm like mm. these kids. Yeah. Like there's gonna be the ones that are gonna be so on fire for Jesus that they're gonna take this farther than we've even we dreamed even of taking right, it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like there's a special there's a special like I don't we talk mm-hmm. about anointing but there is there's a that's a real thing a there's special a, fire right, a special there. calling a right, special yeah. fire on this generation that that the enemy is trying to take out absolutely that's you what, what I was mean? gonna say I feel like I feel like we are facing a literal like scary ugly hairy principality monster giant mm-hmm. yeah. like because I just feel like with technology and you guys spoke about this mm-hmm. you, well you've been speaking about it a lot on the podcast Technology brings a lot of good things, but man, that thing is ugly. Mm -hmm. They are facing. So Mm. I was thinking about this the other day. I'm just like, okay, when I was like 11, 12, I knew about some stuff, right? Right. Like we knew, you know, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
imagine how how much younger that age has gotten crazy and when i was in uh teaching in middle school and i had fifth graders that were actually like having sex like wow. fifth yeah. graders fifth graders and i'm i'm out it just shocked me now i don't know i, I might have just gr- grown up um sheltered but that was shocking to me a fifth grader yeah. that's what 11 10 that's, that's still, like nine years that's old still, that's crazy yeah that's crazy that's like yeah, nine that's years like old almost our niece's age that because is almost age. Yeah. she's eight because i, I look at at our young age, we could technically access certain things. At yeah. the click of a button, these kids can access all kinds of sexual, disgusting, mm-hmm. uh, violent, violence, yeah. and, and like so many things. And and I we were talking about gates out there before and what we're what we're taking in, what we're absorbing intentionally or unintentionally, and just what these kids are seeing on a daily basis. I mean, us as adults, we're on Instagram and we're seeing stuff I know that's affecting us mm-hmm. and triggering us and whatever, right? As adults. Yeah. And we have trouble like kind of navigating those waters. Imagine kids, mm. oh my gosh, with wow. no with no boundaries up, mm-hmm. with no sense of how to like like I, I was telling you guys I was watching something that affected me negatively. Right. I have to be like, oh, I cannot watch stuff that has X, Y, or Z in it because it it affects my spirit. Right. These kids have no idea. Yeah. Yeah. Also, like what what they're seeing is actually being pushed. Like it's supported, if mm. that makes sense. Yes. Some of the things that I was seeing that wasn't very healthy or was affecting me in a bad way, or I was told this is not this is not yes. the way to live life. Whereas they're told this is the way to live life, mm. and I think that's the, what's really hard Ooh. now is that these kids are seeing things. They're like, this is normal. Yeah. So and for have, me, at least I could see something that was abnormal and say it's abnormal and yes. still, you know, right. but it's affecting them in a deeper way. It's so yeah. How, how many voices did we have, right? Influencing us yeah. when we were kids. Right. We had our parents, uh, we had our peers in school. And then and Lizzie McGuire. Yeah. Yeah, like fill of the future. Well, yeah. what's the worst yeah. they could teach you? Even Stevens made us weird, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that was pretty much it. Now there are a million, literally a million voices speaking to them and contradicting everything that their parents are teaching them yeah. if they're raised in church. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Everything they're seeing is contradicting what they're being taught at home. So who are they going to believe? The one million people online or their parents right. who they want to rebel against anyway? You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like Sarah and I were talking about this the other day. I feel like TikTok is demonic, bro. Mm-hmm. It is demonic. It, the, the, the things that are on there that are popular are it it just say does it, not say sit it. right disturbing. with me it is it is really disturbing what's if on there yeah, what is a lot of the, things a lot of the older people don't know i didn't know I, i'm not i don't TikTok. know what you're talking so, about so so to me i i just look at how it affects kids right when this whole thing of like e-boys right seems sure. really innocent seems really innocent oh right it's really not Mm-mm. um there are 14 year old boys normal your next door neighbor normal kid as long as he looks decent and has a cool haircut um, he is on there doing very like sexual, sensual oh, stuff. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And twelve year old girls are fantasizing over these little boys mm. and being drawn in. And it is it is vulgar and it is very sexual. It's oh not, yeah. It's really not innocent at all. Um, it's very sexual. And these little girls are being drawn in to fantasy and opening doors, which only lead to other doors, right? Sure. Right. Then there's also like we said they're activists, right? They are all using TikTok as a platform for their activism. Mm-hmm. So for every agenda that you can possibly think of, it's on TikTok and there are 14-year-olds with loud voices on there and a lot of followers. Mm-hmm. So I think um, because 
our generation and definitely the older generation isn't on TikTok and they don't even know what's on I, there. I watch TikTok, but I'm not, I, I, I can't say that I'm yeah. on it like a 12 year old little teeny bopper is. Right. You know what I they mean? They know everything that's mm-hmm. in there because I gotta the get parents there. don't know. There's <laughs> <laughs> like some funny stuff. Oh no, but, I, but it's funny. funny. It, there's no, but some, there there's are some things, innocent stuff. Yeah, yeah, there's things, some of these boys, I'll see, I'm like, how old is this child? Yeah, this yeah, is like child are, pornography. I agree with you. Yeah, there are things that like we, right, we would scroll through, we'd be like, what is this? We just want to see a frog See someone dancing. make some chicken or something. Yeah, we were, yeah, like the bread. There's yeah. a bread lady on there that I really like to watch. And then imagine you're an 11 year old girl. Yeah. Oh TikTok, yeah. And all the 14 year old girls on there look like they're 22. They're half so. naked. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And they're yeah. dancing. That's scary. If yeah. that's what you're kids seeing, aren't even 18. Yep. You feel like you're in. You're like everything about you is wrong. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. No, that's good. Yeah, that's so good. True. And I, and and I and I kind of want to build off of that a little bit. I know. I know. Um, I'm sorry I keep saying I want to build off it because there's so many like good points that that that's being thrown out um here and I and and I really want us to take this in um because like what you guys are talking about is so real. Like this is such a real thing that um that are that these that these kids are facing and I don't think like I would have loved to have a 14 year old on here to kind of like break up the mm, you know what I'm saying to yeah. kind of get their perspective on a little bit no, maybe but I don't know if I gotta I get like parental consent definitely <laughs> I'll bring my sister <laughs> yeah, I don't know how I gotta go about that um but um it goes along with the eye gates right like mm. what are you taking in but but here's my question for you guys like you're you're show, you're telling me all these things that that's a reality for these kids like what wh- is it hard is it hard to 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 know this and go and and preach like are you guys who's pre- sorry who's preaching she preaches preach? more often than me i just teach lessons to the junior hires what do you we, guys teach on we've both been i mean uh, thanks to Corona, yeah. <laughs> youth ministry has kind of been in a weird place. Like we haven't been. It's preaching. Really. Yeah. And also I stepped away from high school because both of my sisters are in high school. Mm. So I was like, I want to give them their space. So I'm not sure. in there as much. But um, I think it's a more sister. like recent realization that we've mm. had of like mm. these influence or at least for me. Mm-hmm. Um, we've had conversations in the past about the things that they're watching. And I've preached about it. Uh, like the things that you're watching and you're listening to are going to affect you, right? Mm. I don't think we've gone into it enough. And that's actually a conversation I had like with our pastor, like, yo, I think we need to get into this again. That's what I was going to say. I think we've touched on the topic. But the thing is, I remember, I don't know if you remember this stuff. I remember our youth pastors speaking about, be careful what you watch, be careful what you listen to. And I really feel like when we were teenagers, that went in one ear and out the out other. It was just like you're being legalistic. Yeah. I don't know I don't know if you agree. Mm, like yeah. hearing that, oh, you know, be careful. And you're just like, it goes when it but then I was telling D, I'm like, I didn't realize the power of of the gates, my eye gates and my mm-hmm. ear gates until I was like 20 something. And mm-hmm. you know, Aunt Gloria always says, she's like, your brain's not fully developed until you're like yeah. 23. Yeah, she yeah, loves yeah. saying that. Yeah. And I'm like, I think it's true because like, I didn't realize the power that it had. So I feel like there's only so much you can do. You can tell them and teach yeah. them, you know, like be careful what you listen to. It's going to influence you. It's going to have an impact on you. But when are they actually going to hear yeah, that? And I learn think, it? But this right. is what I think. I think that if you not only tell them, but share how it's affected you, mm. Because now personal. you're making it personal. Because I don't think that was ever done for us. I think we were just right. told, don't do it. But it was never like, because this is my story and this is how it affected me. I think mm-hmm. you're right. And like, even the negative effects of, I think we need to be on. This is something we spoke about. Um, uh, Mike Todd 
put out a preaching recently. I don't know if you guys are familiar with it. He spoke about porn and he was like, um, I have been addicted to for- porn for like 20 years. He legit said mm-hmm. that. And he's like, I've been in a, re- in a relationship with porn um, for 20 years. And he was talking about how he's like, I've never heard a message preached on porn. I'm going to the wow. extreme about pornography because to, to be honest, I've never heard a, a message preached about porn either from a, from a, from a pulpit. I never yeah. have, but we're talking about, we're talking about the over sexualization of children. Yep. The reality is a lot of them have, I promise you a lot of them have been exposed to it probably at eight years old. Oh, God yeah. knows, God knows what age. Yeah. Um, and I don't, because we refuse to talk about it to your point, Steph, because we refuse to talk about it and be honest about it and be like, Hey, I was exposed to porn when I was 12 years old. Here are the long term term effects of it. Right. If we were to be honest and not be so shameful about it right. and say, look what happens when you let these things in your eyes. Yeah. Look how it affects your life. Yeah. Look how it affects your love life. Look how it affects your relationships. Yeah. Look, look how, look at how it affects your marriages. If we would just be honest about it, I wonder what would change, yeah. but we're mm. so scared. We're we so are. ashamed. Yeah. We don't want to touch a topic. Yeah. Here's why it's because of mm. your platform right as a leader you don't want you don't want people to know those things because it's icky come on you get what i'm saying but like that's what this generation is crying out for they need it they They need need to hear it they need your story which is why we started this was because we wanted people's stories on here because we were like people need to hear it but the thing is is that there is this sense of shame if you have a platform Mm -hmm. in the church like there is go ahead i think that's something our team does fairly well though at least mm. the the girls we like, try to um there's honesty there and we Good. share and like the girls on the team share That's their huge. stories and their experiences uh which is super important like so i mean important. at our church we have an event called coffee house confessions i love where that literally i love people that. share things you would n- most people would never share because there's so much shame attached to those things like mm. abortions like yeah, yeah. it's been wow. it's been a That's lot powerful. um but we really try uh to be open and, and honest with those things i think another thing though besides sharing your story something that works for every generation i think is asking them questions that mm. make them question their beliefs on things mm. what do you mean so um no tell me like tell me more for exa- as an example <laughs> tell me more. i had I'm interested in politics a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I have very differing political views from a lot of people in my church. Uh, so I had a conversation with uh, somebody from my church on Sunday after service, and it was a great, respectful conversation. And I just asked him a question about something that he had said. And he sat there and he oh. thought about it <laughs> and he received it. And he was like, and it he, he, at the end of it, he was like, you know, we need to have these conversations because there are things that like you can share with me that I can learn from and I can share with you and you can learn from. But if we're just like, I disagree or that person is wrong or whatever, um, or they're not going to listen to me, whatever. It never gets there. Right. So you questioning know? and challenging. So like if I know a kid is is listening to I don't know, I'm trying to I'm trying so to track you're, with you. You're I'm watching with you. uh, like, you know, I you, watch. Uh, do you feel like that music affects you at all when you listen to it okay, okay or like uh so if they're like no not really you're like you don't think so have you tried like i i would i would challenge you to try a week of only listening to worship music that's good you know mm. ask questions and, and make them think about what they believe yeah. you do this when this is a great way to evangelize too like mm. to non-believers you question them about their beliefs or their non-belief mm-hmm. you know yeah. that's how you lead people to the lord people 
a lot of people don't naturally think about things or mm-hmm. like reflect. Yeah. But when you when you ask them questions about it, you're like, well, if there's no God, like, how do you think all of this came to be? Mm. Yeah. Or do you feel like there's you don't have purpose? Yeah. Or is there no purpose then if there's no, you know? Yeah, 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 that's true. We were listening to a podcast of, um, what's that, a Hillsong preacher? Um, and Carl he, Lentz. Carl Lentz. And he was on an actual secular, do you guys know Logan Paul? Yeah. Okay. He was on Logan Paul's um, podcast and, and he asked him, um, Logan Paul asked him, well, give me facts that there's a God. He goes, no, give me facts that there's not a God. Yeah. He mm-hmm. was like, he, he flipped it. Yeah. And he was like, it's don't like, put hmm. me on trial. I'm going to put you on trial. Why yeah. do you believe that there is no yeah. God? He's like, why do I always have to defend what I believe? Yeah. Why doesn't it have he to said, be you? Pro- yeah. Prove that there is no God. And they couldn't. You know what I'm saying? In questioning back and forth and with young people, right? Getting back in a to healthy the thing. way, not in a healthy, healthy argumentative way. Yeah. I've done that with my own sister when talking mm. about TikTok and stuff or talking about screen time, right? Yeah. And I'm like, you know, imagine what you what you could accomplish if you cut your screen time. Or like, do you th- um, do you think that what you're watching affects you in any way? And you challenge them on that and you're like, okay, I'll do this with you. I'll fast social media with you. Mm. Let, let's see what happens let's that's together. Not, not do it i'll do it with you that's big. let's see what happens that's I, big include yourself in on what yeah. you're challenging them to do that's huge mm-hmm. i think you just have to be careful how you phrase it right like yeah, of um because i actually had a similar conversation with your sister but i asked it a different way and i was like um what are your thoughts on like instagram and like how do you think well it was, it was similar but a little it's like what are your thoughts on instagram how do you think it affects you or whatever and she and i remember you telling me um, something about Gen Z having to, you have to give them a platform to share how they feel. Mm-hmm. So it's like, there's two things that are really beneficial. The first one that I'm hearing is like testimonies, mm-hmm. authenticity, which is what yeah. you said in the beginning, Liz, mm-hmm. how much Gen, Gen Z values authenticity. And then the second thing being like, give them an opportunity to speak and actually care about what they have to say. Yes. yes. And I'm really grateful though. I feel as though, you have what is it? Boomers, millennials, Gen, Gen Z. Z. Am mm-hmm. I missing one? Yeah, no, yeah, you are. Right. My my, like my mom, Gen Gen X. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, Something. they're like forty. In their <laughs> yeah, 40s. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so you have four. But I feel like you have boomers who are who are kind of like. I mean, I don't want to generalize the gen generation, <laughs> yeah. but like more like what I say goes, and yeah. that's yeah. it, right? I feel like millennials are a lot more open to critique and conversations and stuff like that i feel like it's a trait though that can be very beneficial in our conversations with gen z where it's like but tell me what you think like i want to hear what you think i want to hear what you think like i'm here yeah you have a voice and i think also normalizing questions because i feel like we weren't allowed to question not that not Mm -hmm. i don't know if it's that we weren't allowed i didn't think that we know that we could that we knew that we could because like you said it was like okay you said it all right you know what I mean? Like, also, I don't, don't, I don't forget, they probably weren't even used to being questioned. So the fact that you were questioning probably made them a little bit uncomfortable. Yeah, and, to I, begin and with. I think that that's that's the thing is that that I've learned and that I've heard. It's not just like my experience. I've heard the younger generation say this, like Steph, like I I'm allowed to ask questions, and I've heard the older generation be afraid of not having the answer to the question, and so it was mm-hmm. like, don't ask the question. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. And so yeah. I think like being able to give them that room to ask the question, even if you don't have the answer, just say like, yo, you stumped me. Let me let me get back to you. And they yeah. appreciate and that. And they appreciate yeah. that because you're being just honest. honest. Yeah. You know what I mean? And like I've had that conversation where they've asked me tough questions, mm-hmm. like tough. And I'm like, oh, I don't know. 
Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And like, and me just being like, let me do some research on that and I'll get back to you because mm. I don't think I've ever heard that before. Or I don't know, I don't know the answer. And actually get back to them. Don't just say you're going to get back to them. Mm-hmm. Like actually get back to them on those questions. Or like, like you said, like, tell them like let me hear what you got to say about that because it gives them that room to kind of use their voice in a positive way and then they're saying oh I matter Mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying and so now what we're speaking is identity which is one of the biggest hits right is who are you who am I why am I here you know what I'm saying so like now now I'm letting you speak and I'm speaking now now your identity is being built up without me having to sit on a Sunday service or a Friday service which is good those things are good but like I'm having a conversation with you where I'm building you up just by letting you speak you know what I'm saying Mm -hmm. it's empowering them it's empowering them yeah it's and huge. then and then they feel like they're coming to that conclusion on their own. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about Instagram? What do you feel like it makes you feel? Oh, I feel like it makes mm-hmm. me feel insecure, blah, blah, blah. They're processing that. They came right. to that conclusion on their own. And then it's like it causes them to, to yeah. reflect. Maybe I shouldn't be on Instagram as much. It is making me feel a little insecure mm-hmm. and weird, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's yeah. so much pressure, though, for these kids to, to conform to the norm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, it is so crazy if you're not on instagram you're a weirdo i know yeah mm-hmm. i was gonna say that because for us it was cool to not do what everyone else was doing yeah, yeah. right yeah. it was like i'm not doing like yeah we literally i'm named, aware mismatched yeah, yeah yeah like it was for like them, it was cool the coolest thing is to be as immoral as possible right, right. yeah right. to be as like all the christian principles throw that out the window yep. and you could be anything you want to be like that's yeah. the cool thing so it's yeah. so much harder now mm-hmm. you know yeah no, that's a that's a good point. So so what what do you do? Cry. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we haven't we have not I've, figured it out. I do feel like just at this table and having this conversation, mm-hmm. I feel like I am walking away with like key takeaways and just being authentic. Yeah. Being mm-hmm. super honest. Mm-hmm. Um also I think being honest without shame being present. Yes. Yeah. Because that in and of itself will cause them to want to be honest and authentic about things that they're going through because they know if you're not shameful, then I don't have to be That's shameful. Yeah. That's, That's hard good. because I feel like we're undoing a lot. A lot. Yeah. We're undoing, undoing a lot. some things. I, I, I feel like I have conversations with you, Steph, and it's so freeing. I think you've done a lot of the work of, you guys have done a lot of the work of undoing. I mean, I don't know if this has to, I don't know. I don't know. Religion. <laughs> Mm-hmm. religion yeah, undoing yeah. it um and taking off like yo god loves you you know i'm not saying like live in a moral life don't be holy no the call to holiness is still there mm-hmm. yeah. but also i don't know Steph. you yeah, can probably of, get, get there yeah, better one, than me, one of my favorite portions of scripture is when paul the apostle says like th- where sin abound grace abounds more but he but if you continue on the verse he talks about and he goes so now what do i continue on sinning yes. he says of course not because then i will be stepping on grace yes and i love that because what what is grace if i if i were to look at grace i'm i'm not i, I know that there's this this whole argument of hyper grace reformist yes. yeah. arminianism whatever and like I, and i'm not hyper i'm not i'm not saying like oh grace 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 it, it, you know what i'm saying like what i'm speaking is scripturally verse the paul the apostle talks about this he talks about okay where sin abounds grace abounds does that give me an excuse to continue on sinning it does not give me that excuse to continue on doing that does that make sense and so like i don't i don't have to live in shame and i don't and and the thing is is that that the when i am when i have a true authentic relationship with jesus not because um it's the right thing to do right or not because like not because it's like um it makes me feel good 
You know what I mean? Or it gives me a sense of purpose to have a relationship with Jesus. No, like I have a relationship with Jesus. That stuff naturally starts to change you. You got what I'm saying? Yes. And so mm-hmm. it's not this, it, I don't have to strive. Uh, and, and if you study the life of Jesus, Jesus never ran anywhere. And, and this just changed my life when I studied this. Jesus walked everywhere that he went. And so, so when Jesus was going to go heal the, um, heal the little girl that was dying, right? The dad is saying, my daughter's about to die and Jesus is walking, right? Mm-hmm. And, and what happens, the father is running ahead of him and he's literally like, picture this, your daughter's about to die. The one that can help you is taking his time. You know what I'm saying? He's taking his time with it. And what happens? The woman with the issue of blood, she's the one that touches the hem of his garment. It's that story. And, and so what happens when one person, if, if normally if Jesus would have been like, all right, I'm going, right? It's this running, this striving. The woman with the issue of blood would have never been healed. That's good. Do you get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But it was the fact that he was walking. Two miracles happened that day. The little girl was raised from the dead and the woman with the issue of blood was healed. That's good. And so what happens is in Christianity, it's this sense of striving. It, I have to be, I have to be, I have to be. Instead of letting things naturally take its course. Yeah. You get what I'm saying? Like if I'm, I'm talking about if you, if you have a real relationship with Jesus, Jesus knows where you're at mm-hmm. and he knows where you need to be and he knows how to get you there. But the, the key is is to understand is that you don't have to run there that's good you know what i'm saying and so if if we could teach that to gen z like you don't have to strive because to them you're telling me i have to work and give up and do and do and do and do which is what we were taught you get what i'm saying give this up give this up and then instead of me saying no right now i am seated with jesus in heavenly places i don't have to to do all these things to be there i'm already there do you get what i'm saying and those things naturally as i see christ i become more like him. that's a verse as you see jesus you become more like him i can't stop talking when somebody's <laughs> preaching i can't stop i can't Thank yes you, Pastor yes <laughs> yeah. yeah i can't mm-hmm. you got what i'm saying and that's yeah. that's a key verse it's like as they see jesus in you they will become more mm-hmm. like jesus yeah. yeah you got what i'm saying instead of yeah. yo give that up give that up don't do it don't do it don't do it they don't want to hear that they yeah. they they for some of them they've already have nothing this mm-hmm. is all they got you know what i'm saying like this is this gives them a sense of purpose there yeah. gives them they're seen here they're this so if i'm telling you give it up give it up give it up you're going to you're going to shut me out yeah. You get what I'm saying? But if if I'm telling you, look, you don't have to work to be a daughter. You're already a daughter. Yep. You're already a son. That's In the it. eyes of Jesus. Pastor Sam has literally said that. I remember mm-hmm. it very clearly at a conference. One thing he said to me once, he was like, hey, Sarah, he gave me a hug. He was like, Sarah, you're more than you're gifting. Mm-hmm. And that rocked my world. Why did that rock <laughs> yeah. my world? Just because I'm just so used to what you just said, giving yep. and giving and giving when it's literally just like yeah. our being walk yourself. with Yeah. And it's just a relationship. Mm-hmm. A relationship. He knows you. Like mm-hmm. you just said being yourself. Like he chose you. You're his wife. Like mm-hmm. there's a verse. I love it. It says, um, your maker is your husband. Mm-hmm. He chose you. You're his beloved. He knows you. Mm-hmm. You think he doesn't know you? Like right. there is no striving, you mm-hmm. know, but it's undoing a lot of it's that. It's undoing it. Yeah. That, yeah um, and it's hard. It's yeah. a hard thing to undo. So I think like, that's why I say like, there needs to be that sense of grace because I think that millennials are in, like you said, in this process of undoing and, and redoing. You get what I'm saying? And it's this time. balance of, of trying to, trying to do the, the two. I think what's happening is like the millennials started to take things down and now like you said like they're they're like they completely destroyed everything yes. and are rebuilding something that's actually not yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. like the kingdom of heaven yeah. which Deconstru- is and quickly yeah deconstruction have you heard of that all the people that are in the deconstruction faith no there are what? a no. lot of people all of these 
worship leader, former worship leaders and Christians oh, no. and stuff that leave the faith. I mean, I, I'm on Twitter sometimes, yes, yes. so I, I see a lot of this. Right. Um, one worship leader. He's never going to hear this. William so Matthews? William Matthews. One Wasn't of the I literally just ones. talking about him? I was like, where there has he are, been? There are a million William Matthews right now who little by little, there's another artist that I love that Gunger. unfortunately, Gunger is another one, Gungo. but there's, Gungo. there's another current one that I think is in the beginning of his deconstruction. And I really hope he's not, but this is like new age, right? very type yes, stuff. Okay. New age. That's popular with our, with our generation. What is it? What and is like, it? So basically they, um, do away. They get so frustrated with church and mm-hmm. because of all the craziness in church, I think that that's what leads to it. Right. Is the politicization of, christianity all this stuff makes these people's frustrated these people's these people (laughs) frustrated right they begin to look at everything they've been taught and rearrange it so they look at okay um jesus didn't die on the cross for our sins it's this so there's a different view of that then there's um you basically don't have to live any kind of way to please god like wow homosexuality is okay all of this is fine. And they peel back little by little. They find ways to um, like make it okay to believe whatever they, it right, is that they believe. To make them feel comfortable yes. in the way that they yeah. live. Deconstruction is huge. Yeah, I don't I, even know what it is that they believe believe yeah. now. Wow. But it is like a speckle of faith in Jesus. But it is not at all like biblical yeah, wow. yeah. living. I think, but it's I think huge. that's the key because I think this is what I believe because like you said, like we did a lot of the, un- like I've done a lot of still undoing a lot. And, but here's the key is where do you go when you're undoing it? I was going to ask, how do you feel like you, un- how did you undo in a healthy way? Because how did you not go all the way I, to the other I side of the spectrum? Questions. Yeah. I asked questions. Who did you ask questions? I asked questions ask, yeah. to people that I trusted. So like your mom played a really big role in my deconstruction. A lot of people don't know this, but I, I can show you the messages. I message your mom almost frequently mm-hmm. asking her questions. Um, I'm co- like when I'm confused about certain things, I ask your mom um, and she's played a really big role in my restoration and my, and my um, undoing. You have to have a safe place. You have to have a safe mm-hmm. place. And so like I, one of the, where that's where I started was I took everything that I learned um, and I, and I, I, I went, I went into the word of God. You almost put, you put it through a filter I, by checking, fact checking so it in I, the Bible. So one of the things that like I became a master at doing and I, I encourage this so much. Even if you have a hard time reading the word of God, I really encourage this. I encourage you. I pulled from so many tools. So like I, I looked at whatever the verse was. I, I started off as like, what is the most popular saying? Be holy for I am holy. Let's just throw that out there. Because and when we were kids, that, that was, was the it. most popular. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Be holy for I am holy. Yeah. And I remember being like, okay, so this is, this is a saying, right? I, I'm hearing this a lot or, um, uh, be strong and courageous. Why? You know what I'm saying? I'm hearing, I'm hearing these, these just, they're thrown out. And so, or they're the most popular preached. They're the most sermons, the topics that are popular preached. And I, what I did was I looked it up in context. So I started to study the culture around it. And I started to look up the Greek meaning of holy uh, in, in that context, not throughout the Bible, but in that specific context. And if you look it up, um, it's this word wholeness. So what God is saying is be whole for I am whole. 
it's this call to wholeness and that changed my life and so that's what I started to do was like I I really looked at what was being said and what was being taught and I took it and I and I just laid it and I literally studied it and I broke down the Greek of it and I was like this is what this means and that's where it freed my soul because what, what it was doing before I felt like I was being like weighed down because I felt like I could never get there does that make sense like I felt like I could never I can never achieve it because I, I, I'm not good enough to achieve it. And so I had to bring that. Even like you're a son and daughter, a royal priesthood in a right. holy nation, uh, people separated unto God. I remember that. I'm like, what the heck does that mean? <laughs> like, uh, okay. Or I'm seated with Christ in heavenly places. Oh, uh, but I'm seated here. What does that mean <laughs> that I'm seated with Christ in heavenly you places? You take everything so literal. So literal. Yeah. And that's, that's how crazy. I am. And it's like, because I'm such a little, I'm I learned I am a literal communicator. I'm sitting right here. <laughs> Literally that. That's I'm what in I South Jersey. No, that's <laughs> what I said to Jesus. And I I would ask, and that was one of the questions I asked your mom where I'm like, Pastor Lee, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't understand. And she would be like, no, 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 stuff. And then she would break it down for me. Or if I had a question, I'm like, who are the sons of Zadok? Like, what even is Zadok? And she mm-hmm. was like, Steph. <laughs> like, yeah. I would ask her these questions. And that's the big thing is a safe person that you trust. Like, I trust your mom. Like, I trust that your mom's not going to lead me astray. In all of this, what we can all agree is that we don't have all the answers no. yeah. with this generation. But I think the one thing that remains true, no matter what generation or who we're talking about, is that if you love people that you're serving, especially young people, if you love young people and they know that you are a safe place for them, even when they stray or whatever may happen, that there's a really good chance that that will bring them back. 100%. That will bring them back to you and back to the Lord when they know. If if the church really loved people Mm. the way we're supposed to, love them through sin because I've seen it happen, um, people remember that like you always remember when somebody loved you a lot or didn't judge you when you messed up you also remember when somebody judged you really hard Mm -hmm. and made you feel like garbage it scars Mm -hmm. you right that scars you but when you are loved and again this is like a pastor sam fan club but (laughs) um that is what he does really well is that he will love you in your sin yes and young people come back like i've seen young people that aren't really walking with the lord uh don't really like they're not all the way there with Jesus, but when they mess up, they still come to leadership and talk about it because they know that they are loved. Yeah. So if there's one thing we can do is love people. Also, that is I the think, only thing. Sorry. I think also what you're saying with, I know when I was a teenager, reading the Bible was very hard for me. It's still very difficult. So the only way that I, in the beginning when I was a teenager, starting with my faith, the only way that I was able to really see Jesus's love for me is through my leaders. Mm -hmm. So I think like the fact that we're supposed to love these kids and be a representation of Christ for them because we're probably the only representation they'll ever see, Mm -hmm. especially nowadays. You know what I mean? Because you have to take all these things in consideration. Like they Mm -hmm. probably like majority of teenagers don't really have, like they don't really spend time with Jesus on their own or, you know, at least from what I've seen and how I was. And so I, I remember like the reason why I connected so much with Steph is because she loved me like Christ loved me. And I said, okay, so if she's a Christian, she believes, in Jesus and she's telling me that she loves me just like Jesus loves me well you know what I mean yeah. mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but like then how much more would Jesus love me because yeah. yeah. she's because she's I'm imperfect yeah. she's not perfect I'm a human yeah. so I think like that's why it's really yeah, important that's that's one of the convictions that the Lord 
gave me early on was the was the commandment love the lord your god with all your heart and love your neighbor like those those two things like it impacted my heart in such a way where i was like i am going to love you like no one's yeah. ever loved you like i will i will i was i've learned boundaries right i of learned course. that love has teeth because i'm i'm a i'm a, I'm a person you have boundaries i have yeah. boundaries um but before i used to be like call me at 3 a.m i'll pray with you i feel like you're the type of person this is what i'm thinking in my head you'll get down in the dirt with somebody oh, 100%. somebody's in a ditch you're going in oh, that yeah. ditch. you were really yeah. lucky though because yeah. i think pastor carlos and gloria they loved yo pastor carlos loves just just like pastor sam does like yeah raw oh, yeah. yeah we yeah. have and we i have had knew amazing. i was loved by them yeah, yeah. You know oh, absolutely saying? absolutely when i had nowhere to go one time i got into uh, i had a situation at home and i was outside i wasn't going back home i was like i don't know where to go i called them and gloria's like if you need to stay here tonight you can stay here like they just loved they like do, yeah. and they were there you know mm -hmm. we got yeah we were lucky yeah i think we're yeah. talking like we're, ta we're talking a lot about logistics and how do we do this but i think all of, all of you mm -hmm. like are just saying it, it, it comes back to Jesus. It comes it back does. to Jesus. It comes right back to Jesus. It has to. Because if we don't know how to love like him, if we don't know how to serve like him, it, we we literally cannot mm -hmm. do this. Yeah, I, I always say it like this. If you want to know how God the Father is, look at Jesus, right? Because he's, he's right. God incarnate, right? If you look at how Jesus loved, right? One of my favorite stories in the Bible was when Jesus was with the woman that was caught in adultery. He's a Jewish man. Mm standing with a woman who's naked in the street naked right they didn't say that they put a blanket on your girl mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying she's dragged into the street and i love that story so much because i'm like god the father does that with me you know what i'm saying yes. like he'll correct me when i need to be corrected no doubt but like conviction is a gift Mm -hmm. right it, yeah. it's not a shameful thing it's a gift but what did he say what did he say to her after they dropped the stones he said go and sin no more but before that he was like do any of these people condemn, condemn you, you neither, neither do, do I, I condemn you yeah so he wasn't afraid of the yeah. sin yeah he wasn't right. shaming her in that moment no no but like you said he was honest the sin is still the sin it's still sin go and sin no more right but i don't condemn you yeah same yeah. thing with the woman the samaritan woman at the well he's like you're right you have how many husbands mm -hmm. right he <laughs> called it out you're that. right this is what you, this is what <laughs> You, this is what you're doing you don't got a man you got five you know what i'm saying and you're sleeping with julio who has who has five kids get get away from julio get it together get it together girl and what happened she was shocked at yeah. his authenticity she was shocked what but what was it? it was that jesus was contending with her jesus went above and beyond and yeah like you said like he sat in the dirt like i've i've said this to people so many times and and like i encourage leaders like to really really like like understand what that means if if someone's in a dark place i literally say with them say to them i'll sit with you here and when you're ready to turn the lights we'll turn the lights yeah, on and you'll see, see. Me like all the time i do yes and because it's it's powerful like let me sit with you for a second i'm not gonna get up and leave you here i'm gonna sit with you and when you want to turn on the lights we'll turn the lights on and you'll see that what's tormenting you is not that big mm. but let's sit here for a second let's cry it out but guess what at some point we're getting up at some point we're turning the lights on at some point, we got to keep moving. Yeah. But we, we could sit here five seconds. We'll do it. But guess what? Five seconds. We're going to get up. Just five, baby girl. We're going <laughs> to get up. Five seconds. But we're going to get up, right? I, how many mm -hmm. times have I said that we're going to get up and we're going to keep moving? That's good. And I'm not leaving you behind. I'm going to drag you behind through the finish line. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and that's what we have to do with these kids. Like, listen, 
Cinnason, I love you so much. I'm not going to leave you here. I'm going to sit with you. And we're going to figure this thing out. You're not alone. Let me figure this thing out with you. You know, and that's what they need. They need, and for a lot of them, that's, that's, that means more to them. I, I, my aunt and uncle have done that with me. You know what I'm saying? Like my story is hella crazy. Um, but they've, they've pretty much raised me. You know what I'm saying? And that's, that's where I learned it from was from my aunt. My aunt is very much like that. Yeah. She's a little, she's a little, my aunt's a little, my aunt, but like, <laughs> yeah, she hard she, yeah, she's, but. she's a little different, but like, <laughs> but there are things that I, that, that was built in me from them that till this day like I've I've redone it according to how Stephanie works um but it's it's huge if you do that to people they they feel that and it's real yeah. it's real you know yeah. I mean I mean <laughs> all right um what, off, why, why are you like offering so plate <laughs> <laughs> I love you guys thank you so much yeah, for coming on for real this was love really, this is probably my favorite one so far. Yeah, this is my favorite just, one. Yeah. Fun. Yeah. So make sure you guys like, subscribe, comment, share your perspectives. So we really love you guys and we will talk to you next week. Bye. 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 <laughs> <laughs>